Come Barnett on. Newman, rest in peace. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, I'm sorry. We, we, we have spoken. It's not our. <laughs> I, I'm going to shit on this guy even more. Um, <laughs> like, it's even even though you say like he, this could be like if this was like made with Jesus's blood, you yes. know, and like I don't know, he he somehow got like the color from the skies and created pigment from it, like. Draw something else. Why is it blocked? <laughs> you know, like. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Japan Boys podcast. We've got a lot that we're going to be talking about today. A lot of mystery questions. No, it's not that type of mystery questions, but we've got some questions lined up. Um, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, I am your host. They are your host. Today on the mic, you got myself, Dr. Satoshi, Steven, Stevie Boy, whatever you want to call me, whatever. Uh, we also got Brent on the mic and we also got Jason on the mic. How are you guys doing today? Uh, how's your week's been, yo? Like, you guys been doing okay? I, I, I kind of missed last week. It had a... Uh, a lot of juicy stuff that we kind of enjoyed for for cons and everything. I wish I was there. And you guys talked about music, uh, but like, yo, how's how's your weeks? Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Um, my mantra throughout this week was short week. <laughs> it's uh, Good Friday tomorrow, and so you know we're all off. Um, couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier to have you know this podcast recording land on a on a day where you know no work tomorrow <laughs> yeah, no work tomorrow and we can just uh to relax tomorrow for sure i think it's been a long time coming because i know it's busy season for you it's busy season for for me as well so any of those finance people working in finance yo good luck to y'all you know it's a hard one but like you know y'all 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 can work through it we've done it before and we can do it again oh yeah how about you ren how you been? How's how's the week been? It's been good. Um, being unemployed, I totally forgot it's uh, a Good Friday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just been grinding out though. Um, just kind of trying to start my own business, 3D printing and stuff. Nice. And uh, yeah, you know, just uh, just a grind. Just a grind, yo. So it's. Yeah, I mean, no pay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on here. It's it's not that it's no pay yet. You know, you're yes, making yes, so yeah. for for those of you who don't know, maybe Brent, you want to give everybody like a, the two cents of what you're doing. I know you said 3D printing last week, but like, what are you, what are you really doing with all this? Um, basically, I just want to create cool shit, um, and print it. Mostly stuff for like, um, games, movies, uh, making Gundams for that oh yeah that's right oh man when you posted that or sent that the 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 gundam stuff to us and i'm like yo like what you're doing right now is like pretty sick you know you're making all these different designs and you're just posting it online and hopefully you know people will will jump on it and will buy these certain things from you because you know you, you have the talent right with this talent you should definitely uh put it out there because like both of you, Jay and uh, Brand, y'all are really artistic. So make sure you take advantage of it and make it a business in any, any way that you can. Thanks, man. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it works out. 
So like if if any of you guys want things 3D printed or uh, to modify some things with with I guess plastic or what or, or some sort 3D printed, yeah, you know, reach out to Bren. Bren is the guy that uh, has been the 3D guru at the moment. Francis has been also been doing it on the side, but obviously for different things. But Brennan uh, has been putting a lot of designs out there. Speaking of, I, I still have to create that thing for Ron, the acronym for the shoe. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. How's that going? Uh, I just, since I've been sort of like calibrating my prints for this whole, for the last three weeks, I'm, I've got to kind of redesign it because I've realized that, you know, like people who like 3D model, um, you know, well, for you guys who are listening who don't know what the acronym, the Nike acronym shoe is, uh, I guess the most pre, the most recent uh, uh, version came with, um, I guess, a collaboration with a bunch of 3D modelers, and uh, mm. they created their own like 3D model that would attach to the shoe. Um, but as I'm like downloading these files, I'm trying to print it. It's it became very clear to me that you know these guys just model; they don't know anything about 3D printing. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you know to print all these like small details it's oh it's, it's such a pain like oh yeah i can imagine like things overhang things can break off like yeah you know um you could spend like 20 hours printing something and then like eight like two hours before a finish it fucks up and then that's like that's just material waste and time gone <laughs> yeah time gone yeah the, definitely the uh optimization in terms of afterthought when you've designed something isn't there for most people. Like people are just like, oh, let's just fucking design whatever the fuck that we want and have people just print it off. But obviously it doesn't work out like that. Like with, with everything else, there's designs, design issues after um, the fact. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So basically like when I, uh, I guess when I got a little bit more free time, I'm going to, I'm going to redesign the, one of the designs so I can print it and kind of like add my own, kind of you know style to it nice nice flair yeah cool well looking forward to it i know ron is uh you know he's there on the side just waiting for that project to happen but hey man uh good luck to you with that project and hopefully it works out thank you thank you uh jay before we before you get started you know i actually haven't done this yet um i i keep saying that i'm gonna be posting questions on the spotify uh, polls or the question section and I have but I actually haven't been following up with all this like uh, these questions and the the answers to them so I thought I'd just pull out some before we get started on our on our topic you know people like to get shout out from time to time people like hearing their names right so I, I, I need to give a huge shout out to all the uh, consistent listeners out there you're gonna get a shout out from me uh, from all of us, you know, obviously Ron, um, Mark Flores, Garland, um, June, um, some of my cousins that listen to this. I'm going to give a huge shout out to you guys and even some of the new listeners. You are listening in new. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Um, like definitely sit down, get a drink, get a snack. Or if you're on your run, doing your workout, give us a good listen. Um, sometimes we stay, say a lot of obnoxious things. And then some of the times we like to just sit down and ponder on a lot of different questions, a lot of concepts that we want to talk about. So this is a mixed bag of information, um, on 
sort of episodes that I asked from before uh, where we were talking about some of our favorite places. You know, Mark Flores, shout outs to you. Um, one of his favorite actually, his favorite uh, places to go to is obviously Don Don. Right, that's uh, the Japan Boy special. You, that's where a lot of the memories that we made. So uh, that's a great answer. We love that place. We know that you love that place as well. Um, and we're probably going to be there at some time in the future. <laughs> For sure. Um, shout outs to Garland. Garland is also a constant listener that actually um, suggested a place called Supermarket in Kensington. Have you guys ever been to that? I have not, no. No. Yeah, apparently it's like... It's a really cool, chill vibe. Um, they play a lot of old school R&B. Like I know Jason has, you were into that. I, I was certainly into that, but I've never heard of this place. But you know, maybe in the future we'll go check it out and then we'll do our review. For sure, for sure. Next fan meet, you already know. Yo, honestly, yo, the next fan meet, we'll we'll actually do a fan meet if you want to come out with this because I think <laughs> I think it'd actually be a cool thing. Like I know we've got some listeners and on here, and there's some names that pop up on these the question section where I'm like, oh, I don't know this person. Maybe like they're they're pretty cool. Maybe they want to like you know shoot the shit with us sometime when we're at a bar or something. Who knows? But I think you know if. Y'all had listened to last week's episode and you really, really want to meet us. We're going to be at Anime North. <laughs> so you'll definitely find us there. Probably giving like a, a panel or something <laughs> in one of the empty rooms. Gorilla panel. We're going to set up mics. <laughs> you know, your question could be live on the next episode. You don't know. So make sure to hit us up there if you're, if you're there. Um, I'm probably going to be cosplaying as something. That's a surprise. I already told these guys what I'm going to be cosplaying as. But like, if if you want to come out, see what we're what we're doing, um, come hit us up at Anime North. Um, few more questions. So actually, um, David, one of his boys named Rohan, uh, he listened to episode nine of the ridiculousness that happened for the very first time, and he loved the episode. He said it was fire episode. Um, so shout out to Rohan calls david danger dave and we we witnessed that firsthand from that episode um and he says that yo david apparently um he carries you in valorant so and he's your favorite co-worker so shout out to rohan for uh listening to that to the episode and saying it's his favorite so david what are you gonna say like you're gonna clap back at rohan who knows <laughs> and then finally i want to big a give a huge 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 shout out to uh to june uh jason said this last week you took care of us you showed us a good time um when we were at that place last week or sorry two weeks ago now man feels like last week but you know huge shout out to you for watching watching out for us um if you want uh you know we'll get uh, jason to talk in your ear from time to time <laughs> and for anybody that wants uh a little bit of eargasm, you know, it's $50 for five minutes of just, you know, sweet eargasms. Just give me the script. <laughs> but yeah, huge shout out, shout out to you guys. Thank you guys for listening uh, for to this podcast because not only are you supporting us, you're making us like really happy, but this is something that we wanted to do for a very long time in our create a creative space that we can just talk about anything, but also create this time capsule where we can go back and listen to some episodes. And like we said at the beginning, just shoot the shit. You know? Thank you guys for supporting us uh, from the very beginning and to the new listeners. 
keep keep on supporting us. Uh, yeah, man, that's that's the shout outs to you guys. Thank you guys so much. And over to Mister Low Voice Daddy Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I just get it. Just get it. Whisper it man. to me. <laughs> All right, guys. For the rest of the episode, it's just ASMR. I got some. I got some lays. No, no. Um, hey, voice the man, man. Like the, <laughs> the, the solo part. Girl. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> la- la- last two episodes were a lot of just kind of like shooting the shit, you know, which we're all about that too. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, if you've listened since episode one, you'll know that I'm a man of many passions and I want to discuss said passions and I, I i've been trying to think of ways that i can you know make it engaging for everybody and you know maybe if you listen to this episode and you you come away from it you you've built some new opinions then you know it's worked i've pushed you down some sort of rabbit hole Hundred <laughs> uh and so uh wanted to start things start start kind of this discussion off um in a way that i think that is the most accessible marvel films are they actually cinema? You know, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, famous director, famous for taking the piss out of Marvel films, telling them, telling, telling reviewers that uh, the Marvel films are not cinema, that they're in fact, um, what did he say? Uh, a theme park, amusement park uh, films, you know? Uh, that's that's the current state of the modern blockbuster. Um, I kind of wanted to hear, you know, your guys' thoughts. What what do you think about the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, and you know the comment that they're not cinema? Brent, do you want to go? I've been talking too much already. <laughs> um, is it a movie? Uh, I I don't think it's it's kind of everything. You know, it's everything that a you know, a series would want to be like a franchise um, as it's like, you know, Marvel's, you know, they have TV shows, um, Loki, um, what was the other one? WandaVision. Um, and then they have like, what, 20 movies now? Maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more, yeah. And it, like, you know, it's all start off in comic books. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of hit that whole like, it hit every spectrum of the entertainment industry and um for whatever like if you know what was his name uh Scorsese. Scorsese, if you if he wants to like you know push it down you know say whatever he wants to say it's like it's working for them it's making the money mm-hmm. and it's entertaining everyone so certain right you know, I think uh, uh, to to kind of recontextualize this, I think that when he says that, so there's certainly movies, and I think like the meme online is, you know, uh, do you watch movies? Do you watch films? Do you watch cinema? Do you watch pictures? Or do you watch Kino? Like that, <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, that's that's kind of like that's the pretentious kind of spectrum for talking about movies. Um, the movies being like the the most basic form of it uh from there you could start saying you know this as soon as someone says oh have you seen have you seen christopher nolan's latest picture 
you know, that's when it starts to elevate itself to the level of art. I don't think that we could say like, oh, have you seen the, la the latest Marvel picture? Uh, it, it really is just a movie, right? Um, I think when Scorsese says that the Marvel films are not cinema, he's specifically talking about like, he doesn't consider them art. And so let me, yeah, let me reframe the question. Oh. Are the Marvel films art? Hmm. Like I, I was actually going to go towards that direction. Like, you know, everybody's got their own type of sort of opinions and sort of points on what makes a movie a movie. Right. And for Martin Scorsese, like, shouldn't we discuss what he thinks is a movie? What is a movie to him first? Because mm -hmm. then if we get that concept, right? Like if we understand what is considered a movie, we can go down the checklist and be like, okay, so uh, here we get the plot. Okay, check. Here we got the climax. Great. Is there an ending towards it? Like, is this an ending that um, stirs up emotion for the people that are watching it? Is there something that is like conveyed in terms of like the story plot? Like obviously to each of their own, right? But mm -hmm. if we understand what Martin Scorsese's definition of what a movie is and what makes that uh those that definition as a form of art can we reflect that back to marvel movies um, for me for the things that i just list because marvel movies um sort of tick off these different boxes then yes i do consider the marvel movies being um you know like it's it's a movie but obviously the movies that marvel has now made are almost within a trend right like it's it's got its own type of genre that it has to fulfill and here are my points again and we must fulfill these in order for it to 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 you know reach out to our audience um artistic wise um because the themes like obviously each theme is different you know you got your spider-mans you got your um your x-men whatever but the heroic theme is what they're good at right that that's what they're made for that's what they're good at and so let's make these movies for for what it is mm -hmm. um is it really the picture uh is it a picture is it a movie um i would say yes but in terms of martin scorsese's definition no and i could see why he thinks they're not movies because now they're just fulfilling the the needs of the the consumer right the like they want they want hero move uh, superhero movies here let's just give it to them it's just this one big theme of superhero movies let's just give it to them because they want it um in terms of picture does it have that you know is it dramatic does it have a really interesting storyline to make people think yes yeah, so that's his defend his definition i don't know maybe his, his definition could be completely different but because he probably wants something a little bit more dramatic, something that is more moving than just superhero movies. Then no, Marvel is not a a type of um, movie or a piece of art for his definition. Yeah. So um, I understand that. Let's 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 make it a little bit simpler. So yeah, uh, I think I think we need to understand what Scorsese understands as as true cinema in mm -hmm. order to uh, decide whether or not Marvel is that. And so I think. One thing that I always love to relate to is food. Everybody mm -hmm. eats. Everybody can understand food. I think that the simplest way to put it would be uh, Scorsese is comparing, you know, 
uh, his own films, you know, mm-hmm. as, as, as art. And so that's your Michelin star. That's mm-hmm. your, that's your 12 course, you know, fine dining. He sees the Marvel films as McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, given that kind of metric, uh, can, can we ever view the Marvel films in such a way of, of the Michelin star of, of these fine dining experiences? I, I think it's, I think it's subjective, right? Like Martin mm. Scorsese, yeah, like you guys said, he's, he wants more of the drama and I could kind of understand when he says it's, when, when you put into that analogy, like, you know, Marvel is sort of like McDonald's. But to me, like, if Marvel is McDonald's, then, you know, what's a B-rated movie, right? <laughs> mm, Burger King. Well, no, no, the Burger King's worse. <laughs> what, what's Sharknado, right? Like, people, <laughs> you know, like some people love Sharknado, right? That's Taco yeah. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, I don't know, to me, it's, I think it's, I think it is art. Uh because you know i i think as i think art is um it's it's an experience right um Mm -hmm. and so you know what marvel is doing with their movies with their movies is uh it's giving those people an experience it's if the person is in is uh kind of like thrown into this experience like and is really enjoying it then you know to me that's art it's it's also like creating a storyline and bringing it into a visual uh story that people can see Mm. right yeah i i I I totally agree with that um so like obviously if i didn't hear Martin Scorsese's definition of what, you know, a cinema is to him or what a picture is to him. I still consider Marvel movies as movies, as a piece of artwork. Only because like, you know, sure, it started off as comics as first, at first, and that in itself is an art. But to bring it towards the, like, you know, bring comics towards more cinematography and you're creating this... Uh, creating this experience as Brendan just mentioned, I honestly think that yes, Marvel movies to me, even though it could be considered the McDonald's according to Martin Scorsese, (laughs) is still giving me an experience of, uh, you know, enjoying that type of genre of movies. Like, you know, McDonald's is still food, but is it enjoyable? Yes, I still love eating McDonald's no matter how many times I've eaten it before. Like, it's still giving me that like oh it tastes good it tastes good like could it taste better oh yeah i would definitely go for other movies um in terms of that like i I will try other different fast foods or other michelin star type foods but yes you know bottom line for me i think uh, marvel movies are movies they are art to me um because as brendan mentioned and what i've mentioned is that they bring experiences and it also gives me the uh, perspective of of feeling you know i'm able to feel a certain way of either joy sadness or in awe at the end of of watching a marvel movie so i consider 
the Marvel series, movies, show, well, shows is something else, but the movies in itself as a piece of artwork. To to now counter, <laughs> uh, to, to argue on, on Scorsese's side, I think that like no no doubt they're movies, no doubt, you know, you could break down art, a movie as, as a form of art, but like when he says like cinema, he means like really good, good films. And so like, I don't know, I relating back to food, yo, I love McDonald's, shout out to McDonald's, like, uh, if you know, you know, pocket burger. Um, but you know, I think that there's a time, there's a time where everyone has had, you know, an outstanding meal that changes the landscape. It changes the way that you think about food and like, it's a meal that sits with you. It almost changes your, your perspective from that point on. I think that good cinema is the same where you can walk out of a movie and, and, and kind of have, have your life changed. And I think that good art food, whether that be you know, culinary, whether that be cinema, whether that be, uh, actually like art, art, which I'm going to kind of segue into, I think that, you know, Scorsese is all about aiming to attain that that level of art. I think that you know, again, shout out to McDonald's. <laughs> you can't you can't always just have the best of the best. So I think the Marvel movies have their place. I mean, we just bought our tickets for Multiverse of Madness, you know. But I think I think he's right in that you know we as the consumers, we as the the ticket purchasers, we vote with our money. Right. And so if we continuously, you know, do not see the, the, the latest, you know, art house film or, you know, support these these new directors that don't have the funds to uh, market as much as the Marvel films, then, you know, those films don't get seen. They don't get they don't make money and then they don't get made. Right. I think his fear is that we're getting lost to kind of the the the. The McDonald's, you know, <laughs> we're gonna lose all of these wonderful Michelin restaurants, and all we're gonna be left with is a McDonald's. Um, mm. So I, I, I do agree with him. Again, nothing wrong with McDonald's. I love. I'm. I, I just watched Moon Knight yesterday, and it was fantastic. And you know, we could we could have a totally complete episode just on Marvel, and I think maybe we should before we go see Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> but you know. I, I can find very insightful things that, you know, are changing the landscape and are thought provoking and do leave me with something to, you know, change my perspective and give my life kind of, not meaning, but, you know, uh, give value. You know, we, we talked about hype. We talked about fashion and all of this stuff. I think it, it's all, it's all re relative. I think that uh, Scorsese is fighting for cinema that has value that's added to one's life. You can fight me as much as you want. The Marvel films adding value to your life, you know, but I think as an art form, uh, it, it doesn't quite scratch the surface for me. Uh, I don't, for me, it's, it's more like, you know, cinema and I guess it, the way, the way you explain, it, I, I definitely do agree. Um, but I do have to say that it's, marvel is it's in its own thing compared to a cinema right a cinema is like that one-time movie that does change your experiences but let's say if we never if everything was all cinema then 
wouldn't that make it sort of on the lines of a marvel movie where you know mm. it's so it's it's in a way it's a good thing that we do have things like marvel and oh, then sure. right like if you watch a cinema which is that one time movie it, it's it's more of an impact to you so you know i i could see both both sides um, you you better believe i'm walking out of that 500 dollar omakase with a pocket burger you know in my <laughs> <laughs> so after after your meal after your luxurious meal it's always good to enjoy the mcdonald's the pocket yeah burger. hell yeah okay. hell yeah um so yeah like the to, to brendan's you know point um to your point jay like so from that perspective yes i do see that you know we do need um you know these movies that really compel us to seeing things a lot more differently and we do we do need those films and yes those films are a form of art um but um you know to say that we need mcdonald's from from time to time yeah no i see it i see it as well um but i think martin scorsese is definitely vouching for the starving artist that is looking to get recognized and um you know and he's it's almost like saying you know you want to beat the the big like the big corporate corporate guys the big pharma mm -hmm. people like you, you mm -hmm. want to go against these guys because obviously like they're taking away all our money and we need to vouch for people that you know have the the plot line that have the the climax that have that good ending that is uh there to leave an imprint in us forever you know that one movie that has all these concepts that 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 will leave marks highlights that we will remember for the rest of our lives so yes we do need those films Mm -hmm. Right, and and that in itself will be more impactful. I will say it'd be more impactful than a Marvel movie. But like as a Marvel movie, like like I said, you you need your pocket burger from time to time. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like put that properly, but you know, I I do agree on both. You know, your points, Jay Scorsese's points, but as well as as Brendan's. You know, like um, Marvel in itself is like you know. I can say like the big four or like the big pharma companies where, you know, here consumers take this, take this. We're just going to give, give you all these things that connect and make everybody just like shocked and just know everything. Um, but we do need those films from time to time to give us a little bit of a palate cleanser, which mm -hmm. are those, the, those cinemas. Right. And um, I will say that uh, I have not seen um, a cinema, a really good, um, Martin Scorsese-esque cinema or the Starving Artist uh, type cinema recently. If you have any suggestions today, I'll take a look. Yo, 100%. Uh, no, I'm uh, movie night. Let's go. <laughs> I'm down. No scary, no scary shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I've been watching a lot of scary movies. So. <laughs> no, no. I got a, I got a few, man. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, that's, that's, that's not art. That's not art to me. You know? <laughs> shitting your pants. I'm not. I'm not about shitting your pants. You. Know? That's not art. I want. I want it's, cinema. You. Know? Yeah, it's okay. We'll, we'll be right beside you when you watch. <laughs> Yo, Brendan knows. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's so like I know you're gonna talk about that like the next next thing, but I will say that like man that that fucking cult movie that Jay you you freaking showed us still scares oh, yeah. me till this day. I'm still fucking freaked out. Like if you want cinema, yeah, that's cinema that, that left a real imprint. But like now I'm scared to fucking go to Europe. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes, yeah, 
Sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, Plato's allegory of the cave, you know, uh, it's that whole thing where people, people are watching these silhouettes along the wall and then one person is unchained and gets to see what's truly out there and, you know, true beauty. And like, I, I do want to come back and share these things, but you know, allegory of the cave, these, <laughs> those guys, they don't want to be unchained. They, they kill that guy that comes back. So <laughs> sometimes I'm like, you know, people need to discover it themselves. You know, right. Take, take, take the recommendation. Uh, maybe, maybe that'll be an episode in and of itself, you know, talk about our favorite films and maybe I can uh, recommend some Kino. <laughs> oh, but, for sure. But yeah, rush hour, man. Um, rush hour. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo, rush hour is pretty sick. Yo, if you if you really want some Marvel cinematics, yo, go back to rush hour. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, I, I I wanted that question to be posed first because it would certainly set us up for what I wanted to talk about today, which is exactly that art. Um, I have two two artists here, um, Wim Delvoix from Belgium and Maurizio Catalan from Italy. Um, now those listening at home, if you're interested, of course, um, feel free to, you know, follow along. I'm going to be, uh, sharing these pictures with Bren and Steven in our discord. Um, I encourage you to look up these pieces of art, um, as you're listening and, you know, kind of, uh, determine if it has value determine whether or not you'd consider that art um and so actually before i get into either of those two artists i wanted to start with this piece um sending this now and so this is a piece called um voice of fire by newman uh whoops and so I just sent that into the chat. So yeah, Voice of Fire by Newman. Um, it is a large rectangular canvas on the left-hand side, blue, on the right-hand side, blue, and right down the middle, red. Um, this piece was purchased by the National Gallery of Canada for 1.8 million. Uh, note that the National Gallery of Canada is funded by Canadian taxpayers, and so, when this, when this painting was purchased by the National Gallery, there was an uproar. Um, you know, uh, if you're looking at the canvas now, um, you'll understand why there was an uproar. It's a very simple, two two colors of paint, you know, uh, painted into stripes in a very large canvas. Um, there was such an uproar that a Canadian farmer actually went out, bought the bought wood canvas and the exact same colors of paint and recreated the painting one for one and he offered the national gallery he would sell it to them purely for the price of materials and it was you know less than 500 dollars um and so now i ask the question is this art mm, no this is lazy <laughs> this is laziness this is this is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what everybody else was thinking, like with this. But like now, like maybe I can ask like a question in the question. But like you know, was this made differently, right? Without any context on how this was made, and you know, Ren thinks it's lazy. Um, for me, what could categorize this as art for me is the way that the person has either made it or the experiences of making it. Because just looking at it, 
it looks total bullshit to me. And I would say that it's not art. But let's just say this guy took paint from every single country in this world to match it. Then I would say like, oh, cool. It's an art. Because for, for me, I, I I do need some context for me to to categorize something as art. Um, because I remember there's there's two... Okay, like, to, sorry, to tangent here, but I had two different experiences when it came to museums. One, where I just walked around, looked at things, and then just left. Two, I had somebody actually talk me through the whole thing of how something was made or how something was discovered. And that gave me the experience to, to appreciate it as art. Okay, that's my way of art. So if this was made differently, and if this was used with the most unique, specialized things of this world and he made it so be it that is art to me but if this is something that is super lazy things were cut up <laughs> things are painted on something then that's not art to me i think it's just you know creating creating drama <laughs> barnett newman rest in peace i'm sorry <laughs> the, i'm sorry the, <laughs> we, we, we have spoken it's not art <laughs> I, i'm gonna shit on this guy even more um, <laughs> Like, it's even, even though you say, like, he, this could be, like, if this was, like, made with Jesus's blood, you yes. know, and, like, I don't know, he, he somehow got, like, the color from the skies and created pigment from it, like, draw something else, why is it blocked, you know, like, like, come on, <laughs> like, like, you got this crazy material paint that you're gonna paint with, and you draw squares, like, or rectangles, like, come on. And so, and so, no. to to you know, burst the bubble. No, there was no special methods for the painting. It's Fuck simply God. these lines, these colors. Um, Newman was kind of famous for existentialist tones, and so I 100% agree. I think that this type of work is not it. Um, I think that. Um, you know, it was a crazy time for art and things like this were passing. Um, you know, in contrast, I'd like to share this piece. I, didn't, I, I mentioned uh, Wim de and Catalan. We'll get to them in a second. But um, this next piece is by Rothko. And so the name should be familiar. Rothko is one of the most successful painters of his era. Um, with regards to a title for the audience to look into this, Rothko never really titled any of his work sometimes it was literally just red blue or untitled so just google rothko and you'll see what i mean it's just colors um but i mean steven to your point when analyzing voice of fire you know you were saying if it was painted perhaps in a different way um that would make it interesting and so i'm gonna post a couple more rothkos um that's certainly why rothko became so popular um his pieces certainly evoked, you know, different feelings or emotions, or these are the types of paintings that you, you stand there and you look at for, for, you know, maybe an hour and, and it starts to change how you feel from within. What, what do you guys think? Bren, <laughs> like uh, taking an art class with Bren and like him seeing this, I'm just like, yo, this guy must be mad. <laughs> <laughs> When were, when were these art? When was this like pieces made? Rothko. Um, yeah. oh, I'm gonna get butchered for this, but uh, between the 60s and 70s. Oh, okay. I mean, like, even even the piece that the first piece you showed. That's right. Yeah, Newman was of the same era. 
Oh, in the 70s and in the 60s, okay. 60s and 70s, yeah. I mean, okay. Well, I mean, like during that time, I it's. I guess like. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Well, it's okay, man. Yo, just say it. Just say it. I want to. I want to. I want to. Sorry, like. Yeah, no, no. Don't apologize. <clears throat> this is what art should be about: discussion. And like, if you hate a piece, you hate it. It's it's not that I I hate it. It's just like. Sure, there were more thought-provoking things happening during that era, but like, I don't know. Like, if if like like I said from my point from before, if the experience of making this type of art was done so differently that people had to know about it, then so be it. Like, <laughs> I know taking Bren's example here, like if it's Jesus' blood, like if this was like, I don't know. Um, the blood taken from individuals of war, of poverty, that put their thumbprint on it. And then he's getting the stories behind, okay, these people, this, this person has done enough for their country or have become, you know, in poverty. Let's put their imprint on this, on this painting and the, it'll be uh, talked about for the rest of history because of my concept of what I was thinking. But again, if it's just like, Oh, let me just dash something here. Okay, here. No, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not art to me. Sorry. It's like. It's like it's just putting two colors on a piece and kind of <laughs> bullshitting your way into saying it means something. You know, like, um, Jay, who was that artist who like stayed in his house for like months and he like painted his walls like in fucked up ways. Oh, um, Goya, the one that painted, oh, um, fucking, uh, Saturn eating his child. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I, when I think of like, you know, a work like that, even if it's like a black wall, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was like, there was, there was experience into it, right? He, he stayed in his house. He, he painted those walls. He he drew those things like to me that has more meaning than what i'm looking at here right like mm. you know because i mean even if it's a even if it's like a black wall like there's you could probably like see in the brush strokes like the way he he painted the way like the motions into it right and, like, and well, for the audience at home um francisco goya the piece is called Saturn Devouring His Son, and it's a very famous piece. Um, you, you've probably seen it time and time before. Uh, sorry, but go on, Bren. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? But like, yeah, when when I look at these pieces, and like he says, it's supposed to invoke motion. It's like, well, I could just look outside my window, and I'm, you know, experiencing emotion. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I can look at my wall, and you know, experience emotion from that. <laughs> It's yeah, true. it's true. It's... I, I think especially with that Saturn devouring his son, like it's it's such a stark piece. There's a lot to kind of analyze there. The eyes on on Saturn, terrifying. Um, and then, yeah, furthermore, the context, like we were talking about, um, this was later in Francisco Goya's life. And by this point, he was a hermit. He stopped talking to people. He boarded up the doors and windows of his house. And so he was living inside of this house in pitch black. Um, by this point in his life, he had been going deaf. Um, and so it was just him and his paint. And 
he didn't even have canvases at this point. He was just painting on on the walls. And so finally, when you know they exhumed the house, they discovered all of these paintings just just on the wall. And so imagine imagine like let's let's think now, right? Nowadays, you you come into an abandoned house. You know the owner is now deceased, and so you need to kind of go through their belongings. You tear down the plywood to the door. And all of a sudden, there's these scrawlings on the wall of gods devouring people, and 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 these these masses that look like witches speaking to a goat, and like these are all the paintings that were you know scribbled on the walls here. And to me, there's something inherently frightening about them, but it makes the pieces all the more interesting. Yeah, and and I see that, um, like the I guess hallucinating in your own mind in your own state and isolating yourselves giving you almost you know these crazy images in your head and then putting it on whatever media that is available to you Mm -hmm. i like i think that that whole thing is very very disturbing for me like of what that person is going through and it scares me a little bit just thinking about what's going through um, the artist's head, but for a person to go through that experience and then make something like this, it like it puts me in awe, but also right. scares the shit out of me. <laughs> like for it's sure. pretty freaky, for sure, for sure. Uh, and so yeah, I mean that's that's certainly art that I think that we can agree you know yeah. has merit, is interesting, um, mm-hmm. is worth kind of analyzing. Um, and what about this piece? And so now let's get into Wim Delvois. Um, this is called Ornamental Construction Truck. And so what he's done here, he's, he's taken you know sheets of aluminum and he's laser cut them to replicate the ornate decorations of perhaps a Renaissance cathedral, but you know, decorating a construction vehicle. Um, and so, yeah, for those at home, just just Google uh, Wim Delvois ornate, and you should see all of these. Um, here's another one. It's a you know truck wheel, but it's been carved to have uh, Oriental uh, sort of decorations to it. Um, is this art? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sick. That's sick stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I I definitely enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I. I. Oh, Brendan, you want to? your thought oh, first. Uh, no no I've, I've been talking first so oh okay so um yeah i i think what is really cool about this is that you know you're taking modern structures what's available to or i don't know when when the disc uh was made when was this made jay this was made in the early 2000s to 2010 it was a series that went on for a while so i think you know just by looking at this you know firsthand here um, you know, it, it's taking these modern structures, what we see in our everyday lives, and um, innovating them to convey what looks like to me some sort of story, right? Now that things are getting a little bit more complicated and a little bit more intricate and meticulous here, that, um, you know, using what we see every day and flipping it in a way to make it look like a you know, certain thing that reflects the past, whatever past history, uh, past things in a past or things that have happened in an era before. 
And then incorporating that into something modernized like this, I think is beautifully done. And I think to me, this is art. And the intricacies of, uh, you know, of every angle structure incorporated into um, this concept is very beautifully done. And I think to me, this is art. Like I like a little bit more complexity, like looking at something and then just being like, oh, looking at the bigger picture and it's a little bit more complex. Um, I think this is art to me. I think this is definitely something that was um, thought of very well and it's taking me through an experience. If I go through every single point, uh, especially with the wheel, it could even tell a story to me, which is pretty cool. Like almost like little hi hi hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, this is this is art to me for me. I, I, and I like it and I enjoy these two pieces. Nice. Yeah, I definitely... Yeah, you, you said exactly everything I wanted to say about this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, to me, art is, it's combining two different ideas together, like mm -hmm. two different visuals to create something totally new that no one has ever seen before. And, you know, this is something that I've never seen before, you know, um, cathedral, Definitely. you know, architecture created in, you know, s you know, steel sheets made into a piece that looks like a truck mm -hmm. and a tire like it's you know it's it's you know it's a different experience to visually look at this and it's it speaks it says a lot about like you know what we kind of go through right like the history what we what is what it is now today uh on architecture and what drives it like mm -hmm. there's a lot to to this piece you know yes i i certainly think it's complex yeah there's there's a lot of different ways to go about it yeah. um i think to kind of frame our thinking and this will this will lead into the rest of the pieces by by whim that i'm going to share but um whim is concerned with the secular and so that's you know the normal the the mundane the the average and the sacred and this is you know church and uh things that we should be praising and so um he he kind of you know theorized that we lived in an age of you know the, the stone age that was first and then we lived into the bronze age and the the you know he he says that we're now in the concrete age which is why all of these kind of construction vehicles but he takes something like these construction vehicles like this tire like you know and he he makes them sacred by now creating them with, you know, what we've already kind of looked at as sacred. You know, we look to the past and we see the the ornate kind of decorations and, you know, we only did this to things that we thought had value. And so Wim is taking, you know, again, the mundane, a regular kind of construction vehicle, and he's elevating it to a level of the sacred. Um, and so I'll share this next piece. Um, for those again at home, go ahead and Google uh, Wim Delvoix tattooed pig. <laughs> and so nice. uh, it's it's a real pig. Um, Wim has a farm in Beijing where um, these pigs are treated like royalty. Um, he, you know, massages them. He, uh, not him personally, <laughs> but, you know, he has these pigs raised for the sole purpose of being tattooed. Um and you know he lets them live their lives, and once they reach a nice ripe age, um, they're killed, and he has them skinned, and their their hides, their 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 leather, is then you know uh, pressed between a frame and sold as art. 
is this art? Wow. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I think, you know, you know, everybody that gets tattooed, you know, gets a piece of artwork from the artist themselves. It's their vision. Um, it's what you envision and then putting it on a canvas, you know, like this is the experiences that both you and the artists are going through to say the same with uh, a pig. Um, I think the the way that it's portrayed and done is different and when you can challenge um the way art is being made and then or even putting it in different ways than what people imagined it to originally have been um i think it's art like it's totally innovative it's different and um i i honestly and the the art itself the tattoo itself can be also talked about very separately uh but the concept of tattooing a pig letting it live its life as royalty as as if you know um as a mirror image of a human uh, as ourselves but then now taking the the actual canvas and pressing it and framing it um the experience of going through all that i think makes that concept art I, that's what i think yeah i mean when when people get tattooed you know they're they're tattooing things that have value to them right they're, it's it's uh, people get memes now and all that stuff but you know that meme has value to that person so much so that they thought okay i want to get this thing permanently put on my skin and so i think for whim to take take these ideologies and put it on now a pig it's 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 putting our entire belief system our value system uh in in question you know we need we now need to question you know well does it have the same meaning now when it's on a pig do 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 the ornate uh decorations on the truck now have the same meaning now that it's on a truck right um i'm gonna speed run this stuff uh uh, oh yeah sorry go ahead go ahead uh, I, I just wanted to say like this uh yeah like in a way like this this pig didn't ask for these tattoos right it, it's, right it is it is an art um i just want to say like this is it's got a story um so it is an art and like in a way this story is this is the hardest pig you'll ever see and here <laughs> here's the back of his skin in you know portrait <laughs> now witness it <laughs> yeah yeah you know anyways, yeah. no no, no uh, sorry and I, I i i did intend to have you uh speak on it i i just wanted to add this piece as well to um add to the conversation but you know you're right like um if you want to talk about like tattoos tattoos are so in in in, in engraved in in culture right you think about like yakuza and and the tattoos that they have and you know they were almost like badges of honor right and so to take that value system and, and place it on a pig well where where where's your value system now right um I've, I've shared another piece here and this is uh whim's deli meat floor he's taken cuts of salami and he's uh yes. arranged them <laughs> to look like marble flooring um and then i'll pay up I'll, I'll post the last piece that i want to share here um, this one is called Cloaca. Now, uh, 
I don't know if it's Latin, but the word cloaca does relate to the human digestive system. And so what Wim has done is he's taken a bunch of machinery, he's pumped it full of, you know, human bacteria, and up at the top there, sorry, again, uh, for those at home, Wim de Voix cloaca, you'll see a bunch of machinery and you'll see a bunch of pieces of shit pressed in bags um he's taking this machine and essentially he'll put food at the top it'll get digested and then out the bottom comes shit and then he takes this shit he vacuum seals it and then he sells it for you know thousands and thousands of dollars now Interesting. <laughs> is it art which one what are we gonna talk about first uh well the uh the uh let's talk let's talk about cloaca uh the machine okay, and yeah. and its product the meat the sorry the the shit um vacuum sealed in bags <laughs> yes <laughs> and why why is it art because we eat the shit people sell <laughs> <laughs> very <laughs> i like that <laughs> um uh, yeah go ahead I mean, no, I mean, uh, I think it speaks for itself, really. Mm -hmm. So, um, I appreciate this a lot. You know, being being a scientist, mm -hmm. um, what I I no I I no from the get go, yes, I will classify this as art, only because, um, not because you know I've studied this stuff before, but to take the concept of the digestive system. And to actually think about the individual uh, things that go into the digestive system um, and then articulating that into different machines that will process the quote-unquote food and then create this final product, um, I think it's art. Because, you know, a lot of people, what they do is they take, you know, when some people do different types of art pieces, they'll take different uh, scrap pieces of metal and um, manipulate it in a way so that it looks like a certain form. But to take machines that have a real function that digest these supplies or these uh, different fruit products that are being fed into the system and to have an end product as shit, um, I don't agree with the selling part because um, obviously people making money and whatever. Um, but to actually have a mirror image of a di di digestive system made into a machine sort of like this, to me, it looks like a piece of art. I think this is this is a really cool concept of uh, what he has done. And yeah, to me, having a mirror image of a digestive system and to have a well-thought-through process to make it look like, uh, it looks like a digestive system, but obviously more machine, mm -hmm. is art, art to me. I, I, I appreciate that. Like, if I were to see it at first without getting the context that you just gave me, um, I'll probably be like, it's just a bunch of machines. I've, I've worked with a bunch of machines in a lab before. <laughs> like, it's just, that's what it is. But again, the experience of going through that and understanding it uh, the way that you've uh, presented it, yes, to me, again, this is art. Hmm. Bren? <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely agree. It's, yeah, it's like combining... Yeah, it's combining machinery that, uh, what do you call it, has the functions of doing that, doing everything that your digestive system can do and emulating it to 
create shit. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, art, art should always kind of have meaning. Um, and so when we're talking about a machine that creates shit, is that is that considered, you know, the, the peak of technology? Or are we taking a step back? <laughs> Ooh, question here. Right? Like, machines should be created to benefit us. Does a mm. machine that can replicate shit, and it does, one-to-one. -one. Uh, there, <laughs> there was an interviewer that shared a meal with Cloaca and then had his stool sample tested to Cloaca's, and it was one-for-one. One. So it does create, you know, actual shit. Um, does a machine that creates shit, is that, is that degenerative, or is that, you know, the next step in, in innovation? I think you can see it in both ways. Yeah, uh, I would say this is the exact same thing. <laughs> mm. and, and and I think that's why, you know, Cloaca works as such a wonderful piece of art. You know, it it gets you thinking uh, as, yeah. as good art should. <laughs> yeah, for sure. To, to think that, you know, is it, uh, are we using technology the way that it's supposed to? Or like you said, are we taking back two steps here and just using it for, for comedy or just using it for just the the lowest type of entertainment for us um but yeah it, it can go both ways but i'll go with the latter and say that you know um we can use technology however we want to use it it's just um you know uh whether it's advancing our society so be it if it's to you know poke fun or create comedy if it's thought provoking enough then yes then it's being used correctly mm -hmm. definitely i I see cloaca as a mirror in many ways than one, you know? And so I guess I, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a wonderful piece of art. Okay. Um, okay, okay. And, and, and so, uh, in, in keeping with the, the kind of toilet theme here, um, I'm going to share two pieces of art now. Um, the first one, another very famous piece, perhaps you're already aware of it. Um, for those at home, it is Marcel Duchamp's The Fountain. And the second one is going to be our introduction to Catalan, which is the solid gold 24 karat toilet that was installed at Buckingham Palace. I, I believe it was Buckingham. Again, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but <laughs> for the first piece, Duchamp. Um, so Marcel Duchamp, um, a favorite of Virgil Abloh, um, the inventor of what's been known as, you know, the ready-made. The ready-made is taking a object that already exists, reconceptualizing it, reframing it in such a way that the audience is now reconsidering, you know, its purpose. And so what Marcel Duchamp took here was a average ordinary urinal. He set it on its side. He signed it not with his own name, but with the, the name R. Mutt. 1917 he presented it with the title the fountain and people lost their fucking minds um <laughs> the other piece uh, also a toilet it's Maurizio catalan's just solid gold toilet which he installed at the palace uh, a palace I, I again i'm not sure if it's buckingham but um in in the uk are these pieces of art hmm I mean, maybe it's. I, I mean, if you can 
if you could say a joke is a piece of art, then yes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I can kind of see what he's doing with the toilet because it's placed on its side, right? If mm-hmm. no one has ever seen a urinal, they're going to look at this and be like, oh my god, what's this bowl? What is it? <laughs> no, you're right. Like, yeah. right? And I, I kind of kind of see what he was trying to, like, emulate in this. It's if you if you change the way you look at it, it it doesn't look like a urinal, but mm-hmm. when you it place takes- it in that position of a urinal, you'll know it's a urinal, but if you place it on a different position, it doesn't seem quite like a urinal. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like it well, becomes a fountain. Yeah. I think it's a it's a clever way of repurposing uh what we are thinking mm-hmm. right to take something that we already know but then to repurpose it for something else i think it's a very clever concept and i and does this artist do this a lot jay like taking different uh household items or different items that we already already know and oh, just yes. repurposing them okay oh yes yeah so um with that concept in mind then not with just if, if it was just like a one piece thing it looks kind of stupid um but it's cool because um what are those what what do you call there's a word that if you like it go when you read it forwards it means something but when you reverse it or mean something else i don't know like a, a palindrome i think almost almost like that so like it's almost like taking that concept making it uh his her sorry uh his, his own his. Yeah, his own um, concept to his art, I think. is really cool because i know i know um duchamp's piece yes and he's made many there's one in at the ago we should go see it um oh, I, I think i did see it i did see yeah it there. <laughs> yeah you'll also see a shovel on the wall that's another one yeah. of his ready mades um the gold toilet i believe it was defaced i believe um somebody had had destroyed it um they were probably so upset <laughs> but yeah so what was the purpose of the the gold one? I th- I think I missed it. Like uh, so, maybe maybe we'll understand Catalan a little bit better when I start to share more of his pieces. But Catalan has been known as kind of uh, he's he, people have compared his work to like um, Italian Italian medieval jesters. Like wow. they're intentionally taking the piss. They're making fun of you, but you don't know it. Um, and so I think for him to place, to create more than anything, a 24 karat solid gold toilet, a toilet is, is used to, you know, capture our waste. Um, and so to, uh, much, much like Wim Devois, where, you know, the, the, 
uh, cloaca was kind of a discussion of you know is this is this utopian is this dystopian what are we doing by creating a machine that that creates shit um catalan is kind of you know questioning again our value systems of you know here i am taking you know one of the most precious materials on this planet and turning it into a receptacle for shit shit and piss you know like he's he's putting it why, why is gold you know uh, uh popular because it's shiny <laughs> you know like, like you, you really need to question it you know uh, i mean obviously you can talk about its electronic uses and all that and other stuff but but like really like why why do we covet it so much uh, rhetorical um, that's, oh, okay, that's, okay. that's 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 oh, really are we like, already talking about gold yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. oh, it's uh it's uh what do you call it um it's, it's a, a superconductor it's all kind of stuff it's right? a superconductor it it has a lot of uses but it's also um a limited resource there's not much gold right in the world. because um, it's finite yeah it's mm -hmm. finite um and yeah that's it's that's what it is and so here, I don't think there's anything in the world that looks like it. Any metal, right? Too. Right, right. And so here, Catalan's taking it, and he's he's saying, "Take a take a shit in it," you know. Uh, really, so again, <laughs> that that kind of questioning our value system. Um, all right, here's here's another one. It's by Catalan as well. So again, for the audience, Maurizio Catalan. Um, for this one, I, I I can't recall the title, but look up um, England Memorial, and you should find it. And so, what Catalan's done here is he's taken um, akin to the Vietnam Memorial in the U.S. with all of the names of the fallen soldiers. This is now a a you know a monument with all of the losses by England's football team. Oh, controversial. <laughs> you know, and so he's 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 taking the piss again to our our value systems. Um, the U.S. obviously a, a tragedy of lost lives in the Vietnam War, and so what do they do? They erect a monument, and so again, Catalan is taking the piss by you know what do if if the if the Americans care about their fallen soldiers, what do the English care about football? So here's here's a monument to all of the losses um, England has had. Uh, is it art? Who, who? He likes making controversy. Oh. You. <laughs> mm -hmm. I I see these more like memes. I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. To me, I can't say this is art. You know, mm. these are more like memes in a way. It's and, it's very tongue in cheek. Yeah. 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 Like, if you want to see memes as an art, way of art, then like, if you want to see. You know, yeah, jokes as an art, in in a way, yeah. If that's his whole shtick, right? Like, if that is what he wants to sort of portray in our society, then this this could be a form of art. But looking at it again, like I, I, I uh, this is more of uh, like again a comedic way of. Uh, portraying art but to also add a little bit of controversy mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um, as with as with a lot of art 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 a lot of art is controversial it makes people think uh but sometimes it can go over the top and i think um this is a little bit more sensitive right because there's a lot of history with war and everything but it goes to show that you know the english really value football <laughs> right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
um uh, yeah yeah it makes sense like it's i guess like his his take on it is it makes you think it definitely makes you think all these these pieces um mm -hmm. but to me like it's does it invoke a emotion of we oh this is like this is like a new experience like this is crazy it's no yeah, so i i can't true. say it's, it i can't call this art but it definitely mm. it definitely makes me think about like the messaging yeah, yeah. Uh, in his you know his work yeah mm. like I, I, sorry go ahead um yeah so just to just to that point um like it's like taking a like it's it's taking a stab at um history and making making it a making it a comedy but no to me like it just this doesn't make me it like yeah sure it's a thinking piece but this does this to me doesn't look like art as compared to some some of the previous images of like repurposing i mean it is repurposing something um but it doesn't look like it's very artistic to me it doesn't give me a certain experience with uh with connecting it to art mm. and that's fair that's mm. fair um okay I'm, I'm very happy for the comments that you guys have said thus far because we're winding down here i've got four more pieces by catalan um all right and so here's one uh, again for the audience at home look up uh, maurizio catalan pope it's the pope and he's been struck by an asteroid um most of the times when he presents this piece um he'll place it in a room with a skylight and he'll he'll have like shattered the skylight so that it looks like the asteroid has come down there's broken glass everywhere <laughs> what do you think of this piece wait is the is the back part of it as well uh it's like mirrored like oh that that, that's uh you can see two more pieces there um, oh okay okay yeah but what? it's it's really just the pope and the asteroid <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I can give my interpretation first, I think that, you know, the Pope, the holiest of holy, the man who's got, you know, he's got God's ear. If anybody on this planet has God's ear, it's the Pope. And yet, even the Pope is not immune to causality. And, you know, not even God can save him from, or or perhaps it was God. Perhaps, perhaps God had, had you know, smited, uh, had, had smited the pope you know like and again like we, we've been talking about like he's a comedian and uh, there's there's definitely a sense of humor to his work but you know for me this piece totally evokes you know our ideas of the pope our ideas of of, of religion our ideas of you know are we in god's good graces is god even real is is science all there really is is are we are we doomed to just you know we have no idea what's going to happen to us at any point in any time and none of us are safe you know like the i think that there's there's a lot to kind of be dissected from the piece and i think that's why i like Catalan as an artist for this specific piece i i definitely would say this this would be an art piece to me nice for sure yeah what makes it an art piece for you it's yeah it's like what jay said like it's mm -hmm. to me it's combining you know christianity versus you know the reality reality right it's <laughs> it's a good contrast combining, yeah it's combining two different things yeah together and yeah it does it, it does visually spark something um 
when I see this and mm. I would say this is a this is an art piece and yeah I see I see it as an art piece as well like I okay like and I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this but like you know honestly it kind of reminds me of like the figures that uh you know anime figures that that gets made and it's made into like a like a comedy what is it like the the hitler one that francis has <laughs> like this, that's the first thing that i think about it's just like you know juxtapositioning like what jay what you said of uh reality versus you know um religion uh is anybody like the like the top of the top anybody really like really really safe um, it and because it poses a lot of questions uh, towards reality, like reality itself, but also faith itself, like religion in itself, that you can uh, question both at the same time and then make it into an art piece. To have it present in front of you the way that is presented presented in this way, yes, I do. I do believe it's art, and not only because like you know the, the artist itself has uh, you know created each of these things and probably molded them together. Uh, but you know, the, the idea that it can be thought provoking and actually challenging what, uh, what religion is and, you know, is it something that, um, is real because the highest of holies, uh, are they safe by with this image? No. And then some people could be, there's a lot of, a lot of argument and challenges that can go back and forth with reality versus religion with this one. So yes, I do see it as a piece of artwork. And like it's bad to laugh, but I think it's pretty jokes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, I, I, honestly, yo, if Francis is here, he'd be dying right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, so it's like when he when he put makes this piece. Does he actually have like a setup for the whole thing, or does he like bring it into like a church and like blow a window open? Well, I'm I'm really glad that you asked because first and foremost. I think Catalan did have his hands on a lot of his early work, but he has a team to do it. Um, oh, wow. This was a wax figure. And so um, what's that famous wax museum in the US? Uh, Madame Tussaud, right? Um, oh, he, yeah, had, he had the French equivalent um, kind of create these for him. And he didn't tell the uh, artists, you know, what his intentions were. He just said, you know, I'd like to have a Pope. As soon as the Pope was completed, he took a saw, cut off the legs, rearranged them so that they were on the floor and then commissioned an asteroid and you know assembled it in such a way <laughs> oh man yeah and so i again i i swear you guys like have my have my images of all the <laughs> uh because the next piece that i want to share um is again maurizio catalan and the piece is titled innocence um take a good look at it my gosh and so much uh, as I was saying where, you know, he doesn't create the pieces himself. He has an artist come in. Um, he had two separate artists uh, work on this and he had one artist where he commissioned them. I'd like you to create a child in a praying position, um, you know, kneeling on the floor. And he commissioned another artist to make a, you know, downscaled uh, head of Hitler. And of course, what did he do? He took the head of Hitler and placed it on the child's body. Again, the title of this piece is Innocence. <laughs> you know, I, I laugh. I laugh at each of these pieces because, again, I, I do consider Maurizio kind of the comedian of the art world. Um, he he gets that. away with a lot. Um, his his subject matter is 
always always very touchy um but you yeah. know i i do think it's valid he's bringing up you know he's he's recontextualizing these concepts so you know obviously uh, this piece kind of speaks for itself but you know hitler as a child could could the most the person who's conceived as kind of the most evil person to have ever stepped foot on this planet you know does he speak to god could there mm. be innocence within him it, it, it asks questions about the origin of evil and you know i i I think it's a successful piece for that. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Like, it's this is an art piece as well. I, I definitely see it as one. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like it, it, yeah, like you said, it definitely makes you think. Like, is it a work of God? Because now that you think about, like, when was the last big world war? Mm -hmm. Right? I don't think we'll... I don't think... I hope that we don't have another <laughs> world war. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I really... I, I kind of doubt that we do have another world war. But mm -hmm. I think Hitler's actions was an example of what the horrific things that could happen in the world. And mm -hmm. it could seem... It could be seen in, in both ways, you know? Certainly. Yeah, no, no I, I see the same thing. Like, I, I do see this as an art piece because, again, the the idea of taking two things, right? Telling two artists to make separate things, but then to switch them out and, like, individually, they could already, like, tell a story. But now that uh, you've combined two things, you've now created a new plot, a new sort of story behind what is being what is being portrayed and like it's so crazy because obviously what are the two things you you look at one his face the second is his hands right you wouldn't think in this entire world for for what you know in hitler's history that somebody would be you know kneeling down and praying for something um, like as quote unquote how evil he he really was as a person, but to have him in this quote in this innocence pose is like, oh, like was Hitler ever good in his entire life? Like is this his only moment where he is actually begging for forgiveness or begging for some something or praying for something that would go in his favor? Mm -hmm. Could it be bad or could it be evil? But like it shows the innocence that like he is actually you know at the hands of of god jesus mary whatever um and asking for something and then obviously that changes completely in history later in his life as what to he really was so this this like this in itself is yeah it's it's art because it's making you think it's like what he's praying hitler mm -hmm. prays he's on his knees he's asking for something like he's it's it it's really thought provoking. This one is I, pretty crazy. I think that's the key there. What's he praying for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like praying for what? Like to for more evil? Like praying for <laughs> like, who knows, right? Like this is right. like like I, I think it's really cool now that I'm like diving really into it that like at this moment, like whatever, it could happen, whatever. But like at this moment, Hitler is actually asking for something as innocent as a child. That he looks in here as, as as innocent as he looks there's something that he's asking for and he is quote unquote innocent here mm -hmm. get into art school 
(laughs) (laughs) Speaking of art, (laughs) um, I I do have the two more pieces, but um, before that, I wanted to revisit the golden toilet. So the title of the piece is America. Um, It was in Blenheim Palace. It's 18 karat solid gold and it was stolen. Um, and oh. Maurizio has confirmed that that wasn't part of a, a prank or, you know, part of the allure of the piece. Um, it was literally stolen. Um, it cost 4.8 million pounds uh, of gold. Oh. So, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. America. <laughs> <laughs> not, not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, winding down, um, the second last piece I have today is a piece called Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo um, by Maurizio Catalan. And it is a squirrel sitting at his kitchen table. Um, clearly has shot himself. Um, the pistol lays on the floor. There's a sink in the background. Um, there's dishes, you know, unwashed. Um, <laughs> is this art? Is this the scale? Uh, or like, like bigger? The the squirrel is a taxidermy squirrel, and so yes, uh, oh, everything. Sorry, yeah. everything else was made miniature for the squirrel. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's yeah, art. That's a piece of art. This this is a piece of art right here. It's just like, like what is that? Is that alcohol? No, that's not. It's just water. It's no, just maybe, like maybe maybe oh, he took a shot of brandy right before you know give himself some courage. Yo, yeah, I think this is art. Like, yo, if you take taxidermy. Or so, was the squirrel dead already? Uh, I cannot confirm. Because if it was dead already, and it was positioned the way that it looks right now, and then to place that and create sort of a scene for it, yo, it's art. I think it's art. <laughs> like, the way I see this piece is more like... um, Like, the squirrel is like us. We've... We've mm. gone away from our our natural like things we do, and we've we've come to like a a thing of work and you know um, the daily life to a nine to five job. Where mm. if you think as a squirrel, like his the squirrel's life is like to do what a squirrel does, right? Mm. But then when we think about our lives, it's like. We, we are we a squirrel. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's this. We're like, away from that. A feeling of almost disconnect from nature, right? Like what's exactly. the meme now? Yeah. Touch, touch grass, go. right? <laughs> when was the last time you're outside? <laughs> touch grass, and I think that yeah, um, a, a squirrel being kind of relegated to our our normal, our normal, our our, our daily lives, you know, didn't didn't want it, <laughs> couldn't take it. Yeah. Um, for me. I'll <laughs> do the dishes, yo. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think for me, it, it almost asks the question: like, what have what have we done to the world to to make the animals now want to want to off themselves? You know? Ooh. Oh, wow, that's deep. <laughs> I mean, with with climate change and everything else, that that could be a part of it, but mm-hmm. but that that's a deep question. That's a deep question. What, and, what have we done to the animals <laughs> now that they want to do this to themselves? Hmm. Lots and lots of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
and so the final piece um you guys mentioned it already you know comedian this is the name of the piece it's titled comedian Maurizio Catalan maybe you've seen it it did make lots and lots of headlines uh I don't want to speak on it um what do you guys think mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, not art lazy. not art <laughs> I, oh. I got the meaning though but it's like yeah i don't know nah if this is painted yeah but obviously the context is a banana being taped to a wall mm-hmm. i mean no 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 i'm not i'm not like from the get-go i'm gonna say no it's not art to me uh okay now i'll provide you with a little bit of context and see if that kind of reframes your thinking um so it's titled again the comedian uh, or just simply comedian uh 2019 it debuted at art basil miami um and it sold for a hundred and twenty thousand dollars fuck serious yeah <laughs> oh my gosh nope still not right sorry <laughs> and Give, give me if you're gonna still give me more context as to like a deeper meaning behind it like it's his finger inside a freaking banana peel <laughs> then uh, still no it's still still not art to me <laughs> no it's 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 simply an 80 cent banana that he probably yeah. picked up an hour before the show that he's simply duct taped to the wall and no other context for that that's it it's I think I think the title in itself comedian kind of speaks. I think that looking at Catalan's work as a whole, you know, we've seen him take the piss from people all the time. So, you know, the golden toilet, America, you know, that's that's his commentary on American values. Um, the memorial piece for England, you know, uh, that the, the English are are football obsessed, you know, to the point of, you know, they'll, they'll cry if they if their team loses, um, you know, his commentary on on the Pope, religion, science, uh, Hitler, you know, uh, innocence, the origins of evil, um, and then humanity as a whole and, and what we've been doing to nature. I think that, you know, in, in this piece, Catalan is almost taking the piss of everybody who went to attend the show. Wow. I think that he, <laughs> you know, he, uh, much, much like us now, you know, having this sort of discussion to find meaning within it. You know, I'm sure for Catalan, there's no meaning at all. But he I'm himself... He's... Sorry, yeah. I'm glad he was straightforward with it. <laughs> well, yeah, he was straightforward yeah. to the point that he came, taped it to the wall, and then left. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> but very bold. It's like a, it's like yeah. a statement, right? Like, it's just like... Yeah, y'all see my pieces already. Here's my piece. Yeah, <laughs> piece. <laughs> right? Could it be? Could it be specifically a banana for the sake that it's a phallic object? Is he is he showing off his piece to the world? Maybe. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Catalan doesn't know. He's not gonna tell you. This is my piece. Peace. Bye. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Uh, like yeah. My last thoughts on this is. I don't know. Like, if there was more context to it, even if you were to tell a story, just like, nah, nah, not nah, not for me. That's that's not an art piece to me. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I would have more respect for this piece if he hadn't, or if he, like, he had sold it, but gave the money back to the person. So I know that like, the person who purchased it, an, so he had two versions, actually. Um, and the people that bought it, they asked to remain anonymous for good reason. Um, when interviewed and asked kind of why they purchased the piece, you know, they said that they, they related back to Duchamp's The Fountain and how when The Fountain was kind of unveiled to the world, it blew everyone's mind. And, you know, it's forever become this symbol for uh, a, a new a new sort of movement within art. Um, the purchaser of the banana kind of like saw that same value, that same kind of reverence for this ready-made that Catalan has put on the wall. And so $120,000. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, and so <laughs> that, that was my last piece, but I do have a bonus one that I do want to share with you. And uh, this one is... Uh, Another by Catalan. This one's titled Lift, as in like elevator. Um, and this is a piece that I actually like. Um, I think this one's wholesome. Um, so from the first picture, I, I'm if you've Googled this Lift Catalan, then you see everything. The first picture I'm showing Brennan and, and Stephen is simply a picture of the lift with its doors open. And here's the second picture for context. The elevators mm -hmm. are actually very tiny. <laughs> they sit just at the you know floor uh, of, of a wall. And, and they're uh, functional. So, <laughs> oh. in 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 an interview that I'd seen, um, you know, they ask, "Where do the elevators go?" And the gallerist says, "Only as far as your imagination will take them." And, uh, <laughs> and I thought that was great. Uh, they're, wow. they're very they're very whimsical. They're very playful, and I think that you know it's it's one of Catalan's works that isn't so cynical, right? It doesn't it doesn't take the piss out of anyone. I think that it's playful, and I I do enjoy these pieces. This wow. one, I like this one. I like this yeah. one too, man. It's yeah. me too. It's yeah, yeah it's simple and the way simple, it's effective. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, to, to answer your question about functional, the doors do close, uh, the numbers do light up, uh, the buttons do work, but they they don't go anywhere. <laughs> so I wonder if the numbers change over time. Like if you press the button and it's randomized to a, like an actual number or a different like level, quote unquote level, mm -hmm. and that like it makes the the elevator sounds. Because if it did, like yo, then I this is definitely art to me. I think. Yeah. The, the the final statement as you know wherever your mind takes you um i think fits perfectly with this because like one uh the size or first you see you see it firsthand in that picture form maybe like it's just a normal elevator whatever right but then now you zoom out and you see that it's a functional elevator that's small um i think oh yeah this is this is pretty clever for what it was made for for that last statement. So I think it's, I think it's pretty art artistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like this is one of those pieces where it's like, like compared to like the, the first image or uh, the second art piece you show me with the two colors. Oh yes. Like, <laughs> if you were to compare these two, these two pieces of art and say, where does your mind take you? Right? Like, I think the elevator is definitely, the winner <laughs> yeah 
you know it's it it definitely has yeah i don't know it's uh, i think it's to me it's it's better it, this is an art piece compared to two colors on a canvas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i already forgot about that piece now i'm thinking about <laughs> it again <laughs> Right. It's it's now going to become my goal to to sell you guys on Mark Rothko because Mark Rothko oh, is one of God. the most successful artists of his generation. But <laughs> save that for another episode. Um, yeah, I mean, thanks thanks for taking the time to kind of you know go through go through some art pieces with me. I always I always love to discuss you know what what is and isn't art, and I think that you know today. We had a nice range, although, you know, we only looked at two artists and a few other pieces. I think that, you know, this is the type of discussion that art should be yielding. And so to kind of like, I guess, bring it back to that, uh, not again, keep it kind of rhetorical, but um, to frame it back to the whole Marvel thing, you know, can can you have that, that same level of discussion when it comes to Marvel, right? I think, I think uh, the the entertainment for the masses is very kind of cut and dry and there isn't much for you to kind of take away or, or dissect. Whereas like for these art pieces, like, yeah, we, we certainly had a lot of fun kind of looking for meaning within them. Wow. Putting, <laughs> putting that, uh, nail right in the coffin there, man, that, wow. You just brought everything back full circle. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate you guys taking the time to again talk art with me. <laughs> nah, it's good. I, no, this, I, I, I do appreciate. Yeah. This one was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, seriously. I, like, yeah. go ahead, Ren. Oh no, I just I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this one. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this one because uh, knowing both of you are you know art type of guys, especially you know taking some classes with Ren from like in the past, like maybe not too long ago, maybe five six years ago um yeah it makes me appreciate this a little bit more i mean i've I've taken some art like lots of art classes back in high school um you know doing more traditional art with with you know bren on the side before and then now doing my own sort of art on the side and creating um for those of you who don't know these chalk bags these custom-made chalk bags and uh bringing the the artistic point of view full circle into this uh, podcast episode yeah, and l- l- let me just say, yo, these chalk bags, they're sick. Come see them in person. We're going to be rocking them. We're going to be wearing them at Anime North. You know, <laughs> Steven's going to have some, you know, if, if if you're nice, maybe he'll sell one to you. You know, come <laughs> come find us. You'll see us by the bags. Trust me, these bags are sick. You're going to want one. I don't even rock climb. And, you know, Steven, I'm going to buy one. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 might, I might ask for a custom one, like maybe a, a, a Mimikyu or something, but... Yo, oh, trust, trust. I'm down. These bags are sick. Come find us, Anime North. Uh, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Last thoughts here, Jay. Last thoughts, Bren. Mm, oh no. I think I think the last few episodes, you know, as Francis said, you know, be critical. You know, I think mm-hmm. that every time every time I come on this podcast, I always kind of want to open up people's perspective. I want to, I want to broaden their horizons. And so, you know, if you, if you listen to this episode and you were following along, you're looking at those pieces, yo, I appreciate you. You're, you're open to kind of, you know, learning something new, uh, keep that energy, 
you know, go out and learn something new. Tell us about it in the in the comments of this episode. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe you'll get a shout out. Maybe you'll get an episode dedicated to your topic. Let's go. That, that'd be a good one. Um, yeah, you, you took everything out of my mouth there. Just think critically. Always ask questions. Don't be a, don't be. A, what do you call this? Like, what do you call just followers here? I don't know. Yeah, don't don't be sheep, yo. Yeah, don't be sheep. Yes, don't that's that's sheep. what I'm looking for. Don't be sheep. Um, and make sure you ask questions because it's good for your health. If you don't know, just ask. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Any any closing thoughts, Bren? Uh, no, I uh can't think of anything. Shout shout outs to jails. <laughs> <laughs> shout, no, uh, shout outs to uh the Mills. Shout outs to Mills. Shout outs to Shout outs to Praying Hitler. <laughs> shout outs to Banana Banana <laughs> Tape Walls. Other <laughs> than uh, that, um I guess we'll just sign off and uh thank all the listeners, all the new listeners, all our consistent listeners for uh, tuning into this episode. And always, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch.